0: Hey, everyone, welcome to another episode of the Dream Job System podcast. I'm your host, Austin Belsack, And in this episode, we're going to switch things up a little bit. Normally, you get all of my career advice, right? The advice coming from me and my experiences and all of that good stuff. But today, I wanted to share some advice from other people. So I actually went out and I surveyed my audience of 1.4 million people across LinkedIn and Twitter, and I asked them one question, what is your best piece of career advice? And here are the seven best answers based off of combing through all of the responses and selecting the ones that I thought were the most valuable and the most interesting. So I'll share the piece of advice, I'll share who it's from, and then I'll share a little bit of context around it so you can understand how it might plug into your career. So the first piece of advice is from Jeff Su, who says, you'll learn more from chatting with someone one step ahead of you than you will from the CEO. And I absolutely love this piece of advice across the board because so much of the online content out there is geared towards learning from people who are just in vastly different environments and stages of life, especially CEOs and uber successful people, right? Everybody's like, what's their morning routine? How did they build this business? How did they do X, Y, or Z? And frankly, none of that stuff is really applicable to the vast majority of us, right? The routine of a CEO who is making millions and millions and millions of dollars a year should be different than our morning routine, right? And the morning routine of somebody who may have a ton of childcare or may have all these people taking care of their schedule and doing stuff for them or whatever it is, that's just going to be a very different environment than the rest of us are living in. So you're going to learn a lot more from people who are just a couple of steps ahead of you. When you think about this professionally, I would look at your job title and your place in the org chart. And then I would try to network with people who are that next title above you, or maybe a skip title. So basically two levels above you. Those folks are going to be the ones who can give you the most actionable advice that's actually going to be applicable to your career. And this doesn't stop at job searching either. You know, for example, if you are running a business, Going and learning from somebody who's making $10 million a year when your business is making $50,000 a year is not helpful. Instead, if you can find somebody who's making $100,000 a year, 150, that person is one step ahead of you on the run. Same with content creation. If you have 1,000 followers, you shouldn't be going out there and trying to emulate people who have a million followers. Instead, what you should try to do is get out there and learn from people who have five, 10,000, 20,000 followers who are just a couple of steps ahead of you on the journey. That is really what's gonna accelerate things And that's why I love this piece of advice. The second is from Jeremy, who says, everybody is winging it. Even seasoned executives take on responsibilities and tasks they have zero experience in. True leaders know how to leverage internal networks and create teams to accomplish any task that is thrown at them. I absolutely love this one as well, because it is so true. And it's a common misconception that a lot of us have, where we look at somebody who is further down the path. Like you all may look at me and say, oh, Austin has everything together. He has it all figured out, all these processes for his business and his job search. And that is not really true. On the job search, we have our whole system. And of course, you know, we vetted that out. We have tons of data across thousands and thousands of people. But on the business side, a lot of what I am doing is brand new. You know, every time we grow our business, we are entering new territory that I've never been in before. This is the first business that I've started in earnest that actually had a chance at succeeding. And so every single time I'm leveling up, I'm entering a territory where I have zero experience in. I don't have a playbook and I'm basically winging it. And the way that I get through that is doing what Jeremy mentioned, getting out there and creating networks of people who have been there before so that I can have some sort of playbook to lean on. I can have a support system and that I can be successful in this new uncertain area. So the same is true for you. Every time you want to take a step up in your career or your job search, you want to target a highly coveted company that you haven't targeted before, or this is the time that you're actually going to land that interview at a dream job, or you're gunning for that promotion that is slightly outside of your range of experience. All of these things are great goals because they force you to level up. But in order to accomplish them, you need to go out there and you need to find people who have some experience seeing success at that level so that you can learn from them and that you can be successful. So that's why I absolutely love that piece of advice. The third piece of advice comes from Doug, who's saying, spend the first 10 years of your career using companies as tools for collecting and building as much experience and skills as possible. Then reflect on that experience to figure out what the heck you actually want to do with the rest of your career. I love this piece of advice for two reasons. First, Doug is saying that it is never too late. And I see so many people who are at the later end of their 20s or early 30s who say, well, I can't make a change now. I've just invested too much. I've been in this industry forever or my experience only applies to X, Y, or Z. And frankly, you're just getting started in your career even at that stage. But the beautiful part is you should have a lot of experience at that point that you can lean on. So you are not even close to too late. There really is no such thing as too late, but especially at that point, you are not even close to too late to make some sort of change that better aligns with your strengths and your experiences and the things you want to do, all of what you've learned about over the last 10 years. The second reason that I love this is because it's so true. In the first 10 years of your career, the most valuable thing that you can get is experience. It's not salary, it's not equity, it's not bonuses, it's not any of those monetary things. Instead, it is experience. Because first, A wide range of experience is gonna expose you to so many different things, and that is gonna make it much easier for you to understand what you actually wanna do so that you can quadruple down on it and really start to see some acceleration. But then on top of that, all of that experience is gonna be a differentiator for you, and it's gonna allow you to increase your earning potential exponentially. Somebody who has a wide range of skill sets and has been successful in all of them is gonna be a much, much more valuable employee than one person who's only done one thing for their entire career. So if you are earlier on in your career, the best thing that you can do is get as much exposure as possible, get as much experience as possible and use that as a way to determine what you wanna do so that when you quadruple down on that thing, you're gonna skyrocket your career and that earning potential is going to follow. The fourth piece of advice here is that you don't have to take 100% of the feedback you're given. And this came from a woman named Rachel Lundin, who also said, as an ambitious female, I've been told countless times to lower my expectations. It's hard to reject feedback when it comes from people further in their career, but sometimes it's the right move. I absolutely love this piece of advice because everyone has an opinion and especially people who are further down the path than you. They love to share their opinion with you because they think, well, I have all this experience and I've been at this for so much longer and my opinion must be so much more valuable. And that's not always the case. But when we are earlier on in our career, it's really, really hard to quote, reject that feedback, right? We don't wanna seem rude. We, w- we don't wanna seem ungrateful. We don't wanna burn a bridge but you don't have to accept that feedback. There's a way to do both. There's a way to politely take in that feedback and say, thank you, I really appreciate this. This was very generous of you to share. Smile, nod, and then go do whatever you were going to do anyways. Because at the end of the day, yes, it is important to take advice, but it's important to take advice from specific people. And for me, the best piece of career advice I've ever received is to only take advice from people who already have what you want. And that is exactly what we're talking about. There's going to be a small handful of people who fit that criteria. And those should be the people that you take advice from. Everybody else, sure, you might get one or two good pieces of advice and you need to have a filter up for that. But by and large, you do not have to take all of that feedback. And if the feedback is not aligned with who you are or where you want to go, you can let that roll off your back and you can keep moving forward. So I absolutely love this piece of advice as well, because I think so many of us feel like we have to take all of the advice, all of the feedback that's given to us, or else we're not going to be able to climb the ladder. We're going to fail all these negative things. And that is simply not true. The next piece of advice comes from Max Landsman, who says, don't apply for a specific job. Find a company you want to work for and get in any way you can. Now, I love this piece of advice because it is very true. When we look at the grand scheme of our careers, increasing and accelerating our growth trajectory and finding happiness in our job, comes from the company level. It rarely comes from the role level. Because the thing about roles is they change very frequently, especially when you are on the more junior end of the ladder. Individual contributor roles can have their scope shifted at any time. And you can have a manager leave and a new one come in, which totally changes the game for the culture of the team and the work that you do and how much you enjoy work. If you choose a company that has a certain culture from top to bottom, and that has a certain vision from top to bottom, and has a certain trajectory from top to bottom, when you invest in getting in the door at that company, you know that you're going to be able to stick there for a while. You know that you are going to be able to reap the rewards of your investment rather than investing deeply for six months only to have your manager leave or have them fired and have a new one who's awful or have your team restructured, right? Right. So when we find a company that we want to work for and we work to get in any way that we can, that is the best way to accelerate your career over the long term. Now, that's not to say that you shouldn't have a specific job title in mind or a specific team in mind that you want to join. The point here is that you need to find these companies. You need to understand the criteria for what a dream company looks like for you. And then you need to go out there and find companies that match those criteria and then find specific job titles at those companies that align with what you want to do. Our next piece of advice is from Jess Elmley, who says, set your own boundaries for work-life balance. No one else for, will do that for you. This is so, so, so important in today's world where work has kind of bled into the home life. And we've seen the advent and the adoption of tools like Slack in Microsoft Teams where we're never truly off you need to be the person who sets your work-life balance boundaries. And so many people are afraid to do this because they feel like if they're not always on, if they're not always available, then they'll miss that important email from their boss. And then they'll be on their boss's bad side. And then when it comes time for a promo or a raise or layoffs, you're going to get the short end of the stick, and. Even if that were to be true, is that really a place that you want to work in the long term? Because of all the things that we have in life, time is the resource that we cannot get back. And our mental health is probably one of the things that we should prioritize most, maybe outside of physical health, although I think that can be debated, but Those two things are so, so important. And what you want to do is find a setup where your work-life balance is respected and your mental health is respected. And the way that you figure that out is by setting boundaries and then seeing what happens. And great companies, great managers, great teammates, they will respect those boundaries because they know that you're doing that so that you can be a great performer at work and so that you can be happy at home. And that's really what we want. So, nobody else is going to set those for you. No boss is going to say, hey, I'm not going to email this person this evening, because they haven't said anything about it. So I feel good about it. But if you show up and say, hey, I have to go pick up my kids at this time, or I have, you know, this time I'm signing off, because I'm going to go to this workout class, or I go, you know, do this thing for myself. And I don't answer emails after that time, but I will be back on, you know, bright and early at this specific time, you know, 9am or or whatever feels good. And I will get back to you then. If you do that politely, and you do that respectfully, and you respect other people's work life balance boundaries, that's going to come back around. And that's going to allow you to create a really, really awesome setup for yourself, where you can be your best at work, you can crush your goals, beat expectations, get those promotions, but you can do it while making sure that your mental health and your work life balance are intact. And then the last piece of advice here is from Sarah Wilkins who says, learn to write. Success in so many jobs depends on it. And I could not agree more. So many people ask me, Austin, what is the number one skill I can learn right now? And they expect me to say things like, oh, go learn about AI or go learn how to code. And those are the obvious answers. But really, the best skill that you can learn right now is how to write well. And the field that I most associate with this is copywriting, which is basically the study of how your writing impacts the ability for somebody else to take an action, your ability to persuade others to do something. And if we think about communication in today's world, so much of it is written, right? If we're communicating at work, we're typically slacking or sending a message on Teams or writing an email. If we're talking to our friends or family, we're typically texting. If we are online, whether it's engaging with content or creating our own content, we're typically writing there. And just think about the job search, right? When you apply for a job, you have to fill out these written fields. You write your resume, you write your cover letter, you write your LinkedIn profile. So much of what happens in the job search and throughout life communication wise is written. So if you don't understand how to write effectively and you don't understand how the way you write impacts your outcomes, you are missing out on a substantial chunk of the positive outcomes that you could be getting for yourself. So those were the seven best pieces of career advice that I sourced from my little casual survey to my audience. I hope they were helpful. I'd love to know which one resonated most with you. If you want to go out there and create a post or or a tweet and tag me in it, I'd love to hear which one resonated most with you and why. If you want to share your own, feel free to do that as well. But thank you as always for listening and I will see you in the next episode of the podcast.